Yellowstone, Season 1, Episode 6, The Remembering, is over, but we're just getting started over here at Post Show Recaps. Welcome back, my friends. It is I, Rich Filiberto, DM Philly, out here on the ranch. Very excited to be back with you again talking about Yellowstone. I, of course, am not alone. I am joined by a woman who stands toe-to-toe with every bear that chases her down, Grace Leader. Is okay if I like sit on the bench for a bit. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. The podcast starts when I'm ready, right? Yes, yes. Okay. We right. start whenever you're ready. Yes, right. you know all about it, Grace. Right. Take your time. All right, I'm good. I, we can start. We can start. It's fine. Uh, episode six, the remembering. Uh, what'd you think, Grace? Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. Maybe not as maybe like action packed as we've seen. I feel like the sh- as we've been watching the show, we've had some pretty intense scenes obviously uh this is not a great episode for poor monica um, who's gonna end up passed out by the end of it but for the most part i thought yeah i thought this one felt a little bit uh, mundane isn't the right word but it's much more like talky and and it's you know we're talking to people rather than uh we're like getting into there is a fight there is a literal fight between casey and rip but other than that it's it's pretty like you know, it's more methodical, I think, than some of the other episodes we've had thus far. I still liked it, but it's different. I think it's true. Uh, we don't have like the bombastic, explosive, kinetic action that we've gotten in some of the other episodes. Uh, the soap opportunes of of Yellowstone were like ringing strong for me on this one, as we're like really building up a conflict at our main cast and starting to like move some of the uh, the like extraneous people around the actual Dutton family into place for their antagonist arcs going forward. But uh, we will talk it through. I got a little bit of a short, long recap to set us up here. I will dive into it, and then we can talk through the episode proper, as it were. Uh, So the episode opens up as Casey is out on the ranch. He finds himself toe-to-toe with a grizzly bear, much like Brad Pitt in The Legends of the Fall. But he is saved by the man called Rip, who rides up on a horse with no name. The pair of them will engage in fisticuffs. uh, But Casey, able to take a punch reasonably well, they part on amicable enough terms. Meanwhile, John Dutton... uh, affectionately saying goodbye to Monica and Tate as she needs to take her son to school, lamenting that she has to go, but appreciating that she was willing to stay for the night. Dan Jenkins is making moves on his real estate development firm as Thomas Rainwater is looking to hone in on the action uh, with their consultant being brought in from LA. There is a new strategy being constructed in terms of Jenkins' plan, Rainwater's machinations involved therein. Um, Meanwhile, Beth and Jamie meet with the governor who takes Beth aside for a small one-to-one sit-down that ends not quite in fisticuffs, though certainly with a great deal of tension and turmoil between the two. While Monica, who arriving at school, ends up in the middle of a fistfight amongst the students, she's going to suffer a hit to the head, which will Uh, leave some lingering effects with her as we move towards the end of the episode. Uh, Am I missing anything huge here, Grace? No, I think you got it. That's That's episode six. It's the remembering, and I was remembering it. Uh, Yeah, I don't know where Mm -hmm. you want to start with all of it here. I mean, like, the mandatory bear confrontation scene, Mm. I I cannot help but always think of Legends of the Fall when we get these scenes, Grace. It feels like a mandatory set piece where we're doing, like, the big Western thing. Uh, And Casey, like, handles it pretty well. I do love when we get a grizzly bear in a Western TV show, though. 
Um, I just typed in Legends of the Fall and it automatically wanted me to. It says, do you want to search Legends of the Fall and Yellowstone? Which I think is based on my recent activity. But nevertheless, then there's a Reddit thread called Similarities to Legends of the Fall. So there you go. It's deeply inspired. Legends of the Fall is very much. um, It is, uh, I guess, like a romantic drama from the 90s at the height of like. Build as an epic Western drama. Well, there you go. That's a much better description than than, like one that I just gave it. But it's certainly like a real like Brad Pitt at the height of his power vehicle. I mean, I guess it's more like on his trajectory on the way up. I love it. I think it's a really like it's a gem of a film that I go back to. But the confrontation with the bear is pretty epic. Yeah, so one thing I I am watching these episodes obviously for the first time. I'm typically only watching them once. Obviously there's the confrontation with the bear and then Rip comes in and shoots his gun and the bear runs off. And then Rip and Casey just fight. And yeah. am I missing the reason that they are fighting other than that? I it's is or is this how they're telling us like these two guys do not like each other. Well, much. Casey's trolling a little bit. Like Rip comes up and saves yeah. Casey's ass from this bear and Casey's like, "Oh, not used to seeing you off my dad's leash and rip's gonna be like i'm sorry excuse me in case he's like i didn't stutter stutter. and then they just fight and it's one of these things that's what i mean i say it with affection like i really do enjoy yellowstone but these soap opera elements are like so real like this is such cowboy drama grace of like two men alone in a field do they fight or do they know of course they fight and then they both ride off into the separate sunsets you know what the bear was the opening, but it actually wasn't the initial opening. I did love the opening of Casey going. He's trying to, he's doing his job. He's trying to break yep. in this, um, this, the stallion um, that uh, that was a little bit uh, wild, and and he's doing that. I love the opening of him coming and then riding off. Uh, then we get the intro. Then we get, um, True. Uh, we get yes. the bear. Um, it's really beautiful. Like the setting is, you know, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful choice to be set. Oh yeah. Family. Sheridan knows how to use the space. Right. I mean, I think that I talk about it on a lot of the podcasts about shows around here, but I think that it's always better when your setting can manifest itself as a kind of character of its own within the drama. Right. And in that way, like Sheridan knows how to really like highlight the beauty of Montana. Those like, I mean, the opening shots in the cold open are so kind of slow and lingering. There was a moment I thought, that like the screen was frozen and yes. i'm like oh what's going on yes. but it's beautiful and it's pensive yeah. it's not like rushed or, or harried and I, I appreciate it in that way um i worked at many summer camps and sometimes you have to get bear training because there are bears uh bears uh did enjoy our uh the dump that was down the road oh, from yeah. our camp where we would send all the trash and that was near one of the bike trails uh that that we had on camp and so we you know, every once in a while you get like, oh, bear sighting. The neighbors would call no bike ride down that path of the thing. So we would get bear training for our staff of what to do. And uh, one of the camps I worked at, which is an outdoor education center, I worked in the spring and the fall. Um, there was an ongoing joke, uh, like sort of a meme that whenever certain people would see each other, you'd often greet each other with, hey, bear, whoa, bear, because that is what we were told. to oh, yeah. Exactly what Casey is doing. Make yourself as big as possible. And, and I, it's funny because I feel like somebody has a very famous stand-up bit about um, the idea of like one of them is like you run and one of them is you stay. And it's very bad to get them mixed up into like a black bear and a brown bear. Yes, a, yes, yes. Yeah, I can't, and I can't, honestly, I can't remember at the moment what it is, but there's one I that think you, yeah. this is probably the wrong advice, but I think that you don't 
run from the grizzly bears because grizzly bears are more like predatory than black bears. The black bears are the ones that you can like scare off. The black bears tend to, there's more black bear attacks, at least in North America, because they're like, their crossover with human, uh, you know, like places is more common and they're typically defending their cub. But a grizzly bear is the one that'll run you down and eat you. Yeah. I said it's, I said you run, but apparently I don't think you should run at all. Apparently the rhyme is if it's brown laid down, if it's black, fight back. You tuck yourself up in a ball and like protect your soft parts and your face. Yeah. But we were trying, so it must have been whatever the one, the, it must have been black. Yeah. But there's more black bears where I, uh, where I would be, which is like, you know, north ish Ontario, not super north, but northern Ontario. And, um, so yeah. So the trainer, I was, yeah, just give it high and say, Hey, bear, whoa, bear. And so that became like a very common greeting at one of my camps where every time you see me go, Hey, bear, whoa, bear, uh, is like one of the greetings that you'd make yourself look really big. So yeah, it seemed like Casey was doing well, no, because that's was it a brown bear? That's a definitely bear. a brown bear. Yes. Yeah, so so he should have been lying yep. down. He should not yes. have been. No, mm. Casey got bad advice. Casey bad um yeah but then yeah rip just comes and they punch each other in the face (laughs) so so silly very silly but whatever it's fine uh yeah the two of them are funny i mean i think you're tracking it correctly clearly these guys don't get along real well and especially i think on the heels of the the episode that we just watched with the branding like knowing both these guys are branded men and that they're like kind of like tied into the crew in this way like i don't know they're as close as you get to john dutton right i think that especially with like the absence of casey's older brother we exist in this space where you know these two guys are in certain ways the heirs apparent and i think that it plays interestingly especially with what john's gonna say to beth later on which is like you're the only one in this family strong enough to take this advice you need a man up right uh the idea that like he, he only trusts both of them really so far grace um yeah i uh, yes, I agree. Talk about John. I do think that my favorite dynamic on the show is definitely John and Monica. And yep, to a degree that also extends to to Casey. And, and you know, I'm a fan of of Tate, even if uh, even if you're not, uh, he's going to figure out which donut is the biggest. Um, I do really love John and Monica because I do think that this is a relationship that is trying to be built on such rocky foundation. Um, and John's going to come clean with a bunch of this stuff about, you know, why Casey basically, you know, why he got branded, why he got pushed too far. This was because he got Monica pregnant was uh, basically why um, uh, John basically branded his, his own son. And he also reveals that he's like, Oh, that's why you had him branded. It's like, no, nah, that one was me. And again, I just, it's my favorite part of the show is the, just the complexity of John Dutton, who is this sweet grandfather who's like, boy, you can touch any, you can do whatever you want here. You know, he's like full, uh, you know, kind of annoying, probably grandfather. Like, I know this is true where it's like, uh, as a, as an aunt, like sometimes I'll be like, you know, these, my nieces will ask their parents, like, can I have Smarties? And they're like, no. And then I like go and sneak them and let them have the Smarties, you know, right? It's like, that's what you're supposed to do. And the annoying, you know, this annoying grandparent of like, he's going to eat like seven donuts before he goes to school, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's like, you can do whatever you want uh, when you're at grandpa's house. Um, with this complexity of like, yeah, I branded my own son. Because, uh, you know, and I, I actually did love the further explanation of the branding and then it's not that everybody gets the branding this is like your second chance this is like you mm-hmm. you've you know this is your your other shot and you need to like kind of owe everything to to yelson he doesn't say that but that's my interpretation that like you know you wouldn't be here you wouldn't be around if it wasn't for yellowstone so you need to like look at the branding and, and we're going to put that on you 
just the complexity of John Dutton and, and Monica, who I find like very endearing, very sweet when she's like handed a cup of coffee. He's like, yeah, we, I'm a teacher. I live on coffee. Um, uh, I just, I just really love, this is where I think like there's the most juice in the show for me so far. Yeah, I think that you're on point. I think that the two of them have such a great relationship. But, you know, so many of the interactions between John and the kids are really straightforward. Even if there's like complexity there, they're the kind of relationships we've interrogated before that are like toxic and broken and damaged. And, and John has to like manage his presentation to them in a way that he does not with Monica, right? I think mm -hmm. he sees in this woman somebody that he really badly wants to accept him into her her life and and in the you know in the midst of this episode we hear dan jenkins talking about john controls everything in this county he's involved in all the politicians everything goes through him like this man has so much power but at the same time he has no power over monica really right because casey has already like shown that he's willing to turn his back on his family for her for his commitment to her to his family so john has got nothing really he's got nothing to lose in a sense but but he's just really authentic in a way that i don't think he is with anyone else in his life mm -hmm. he's able to be himself because he's like anything else i do here she's going to see through my bullshit i can't posture i can't use like my political clout i can't use my role as the patriarch of the family to like muscle her into what i want her to do i have to really get through to her and these two people are both like strong fierce stubborn people right mm -hmm. um that i think that have have like a lot of shared commonalities in their in their like makeup if not in their actual personalities right so mm -hmm. i i'm with you i think it's a really really compelling dynamic between the two of them and and to the tate of it all i think it's like really interesting when he's kind of talking about to monica like my son went and got this girl pregnant and i told him to, like get an abortion but he did what he was going to do like he did what he wanted to do he didn't listen to me and then on the heels of that we get the seed with him and tate and he's saying you could do whatever you want right and right. the way that like spoil and, and entitlement and like that kind of uh like free reign can like can create this kind of a beast in you uh -huh. you know and your kid i found it really interesting yeah, that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. This idea of like this this kid that wouldn't exist if John got his way and the fact that Casey doesn't take Monica to get an abortion. Um, and then it's like this thing that seemingly John loves more than anything else in the world. It's like yeah. he's trying. We talked about this. We watched a show um, uh, recently. Uh, the episode should be out. We watched an episode of Tales from the Loop that's just like, yeah, hits you over the head. It's about like the end of a grandfather's life and he's trying to repair his not repair his relationship, but he's, he's developing a relationship with his grandson because he was like not being a good father. And I feel like there's so much of that in this, in this episode, yep. um, in the show about John being this really ruthless man. He's he had a man killed two episodes ago. Um, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, he's a ruthless individual, uh, a rugged, a rugged man who runs a, a pretty corrupt, you know, thing is going on. And yet he also can be this, very sweet grandfather. I just love the complexity. Yeah. And that idea of like, yeah, you can do anything you want. And even think about how that relates to like Casey does whatever he wants, you know, uh, until, yeah. until he does it until, until John doesn't want him to do it. And then it's like, you know, push comes to shove. Yeah. It's really interesting to me. Uh, to to the other Dutton kids here, we got the like uh, Jamie and Beth dynamic duo. These two together, Grace, they like 
consistently entertain me. I'll say that much as they're going to this meeting with the governor and Beth has to like stall like, oh, I just I just need to use the bathroom real quick. <laughs> like it's she's just making him berserk, right? Um, and so they go have this meeting with Governor Linnell. Like, ha- how are you feeling about all of these dynamics? I mean, I don't I be the sibling dynamic is so fun. I mean, I have three brothers. So, you know, growing up, there's a lot of this like, you know, you know, you figure out how to push your siblings buttons, you know, in a way that like nobody else can do. And you hate them more than anybody else in the world. And yet you also like, yeah, you love them. Right. This is what Jamie says to Beth plus episode. Like if you need someone to hate, if you need someone to hate to live like hate you know pick me mm-hmm. you know and so she's like yeah just needling him so hard that is all to me very relatable the way that like my you know you might notice it in my humor on podcasts and i'm very like i like picking up on things that people say and then manipulating those words in a way that i think is funny sometimes people don't always love that one person who does not love that is when my brother and i are both around my mother um and <laughs> Because we both do the same thing of like, you know, she'll like say something kind of wrong and we're both like, oh, well, uh, joke, 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 you know, and she gets so annoyed. So this family dynamic is is very funny. The politics thing, I want to be more into it. I thought when we were going there, I was I was pretty intrigued by it. And then it feels like we stalled out on it for so long um, that now that we're here. And I, I think for me, it's the fact that they're both doing it is the thing that I'm I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But I'm like. It's, you know, both of these scenes are interesting in terms of like Linnell talking with Beth and Beth basically trying to put Linnell in her place, uh, uh, revealing that she like knows that she's been sleeping with um because she sees her come out the day that she's in the bathtub, right? The day of her. And then she confronts her father, like, why today? And he's like, this is the day I most need to forget, right? The day of yep. his yes. wife's death. So that's how she knows Um you know, there's something there to it. Again, I, I feel like it hasn't quite, this stuff has not quite hooked me in a way that I really wanted to. I think part of it is that I can understand that they want to do this for influence and power. And obviously both things are now relating back to John in the sense that um, best conversation is her threatening Linnell about sleeping with her father. Jamie's is learning that um, John had cancer. But I feel like I need a little bit more about what specifically they want to do with the power of, of getting into these positions. And it feels like, yeah. And one hand that could feel really obvious, like it's power and it protects the, the Yellowstone and protects, protects John Dutton. On the other hand, I like, I want to be almost more in the weeds than, than we are. I don't know if that makes sense. I totally get it. Yeah, no, like the ingredients are there, but they're just not like coming together in the right way. They haven't been prepared properly for you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm with you there because I'm one of these people that loves a good political like element in my TV shows, right? Battlestar Galactica is probably like my elite sci-fi series. Like I'm always arguing about put the politics back in Star Wars, Grace. Mm-hmm. So I like love this stuff, but ultimately what like compels me most about this whole political storyline, it's the interpersonal drama and it's like very much just this like perpetual tension yet loyalty between Jamie and Beth and the way that like Beth is just such like a troublemaker and like kind of an agent of chaos right like she's pushing every button that she can see everywhere she goes uh, like Governor Linnell really like I think kind of reads her for filth there's a little bit of this moment of like oh yeah a child has a trauma they're frozen like I see this teenage girl and there is like oh gosh yeah especially with like what we've seen of Beth's 
story so far. Like it feels like one of these Sherlock Holmes moments, Grace, of like Governor Linnell just like nails her, but she just won't have it. She's such like a kind of a, a force, whether it's true or whether it's not is meaningless because that's like going to still punch back. Like she, like her brother Casey, can definitely like take a shot to the jaw and like keep coming, man. She does not care as she like unloads. So it's just kind of like the the relationship drama that comes out of the political storyline is the best stuff that I feel like we're getting out of that front right now. Yeah, that's fair. I kind of I just wish maybe there was more conflict inherent to it other than like I don't really care that much about Linnell so mm -hmm. the conflict between Beth and Linnell doesn't really do much for me there is some conflict between Beth or Jamie but I was kind of excited by the notion and it might still come in the sense that if John has to wield sort of political influence time and and money into two campaigns you know does one get the better of him and it does seem or, or the more of his attention and it does seem like Beth's is one that he would want to make sure happens more than Jamie's yet Jamie is the one who is more interested in actually being in politics. So there's something there that I'm, you know, that we haven't really explored the stuff about Jamie running as like an independent is kind of interesting. This feels like, you know, them putting some political commentary in, being like, you know, independents are the ones who, who make decisions. And I actually do think there's an essence to this. That's true. I was uh, not just about American politics, thinking Canadian politics to this idea that um, in systems that are mostly two party and Canada is not a two party system, but we're pretty friggin' close to it. We basically have three parties plus a party that's in Quebec, but this idea that like the more you're in the party system, the more entrenched into that side you have to be and you have to yep. be there. Whereas it's like, you know, we see it a lot um, where like uh, very annoyingly in, in the United States government that like, you know, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, who I think has since become an independent, could could like control what was happening to the government yep. because they're like the two Democrats who would be like, no, we're moderate in quotations and we're going to hold up all this stuff that we don't agree with. It's because they sit close to the center that they're able to do that. Like, I do think there's something like interesting in terms of the commentary, but like run as an independent Jamie um, where he's like a bit hesitant to that. And then the response to it, I do think that was interesting, you know, social commentary, political commentary of the modern day. Yeah, I think that it uh, it assuredly is. I mean, this episode airs in like 2018. The the political discourse that's happening in the nation at that time is pretty charged. You know, uh, I don't know. There's a lot to be said about the failures of the binary two party system. It like incites a lot of trouble. But um, the other big reveal here, right, is the kids just finding out about the cancer and them yeah. coming back to John. And then I love him like, oh, it's nice to see some real human emotion from the pair of you. Thanks for that. Right. As mm -hmm. they seem to be like confronting him about like the fallout politically of the situation and all of it. And this is where he's going to like pull Beth aside and be like, you need to toughen up. They get into it about the governor a little bit. And he's like, what's the problem? She He's not mom. That's the problem. And he's like, yeah, never mention her again or go back to Utah. Like, I don't want to have any of this. Like, just to, like, close the thread on kind of the two of them this week. Like, how's that working for you? The dynamics with the two of them and dad? Um, Yeah, I mean, this is where I think there's the most interest, right? This is the yep. most, uh, you know, I... I have I said this on this on Yellowstone podcast? We're doing a lot of podcasting together, Rich. So we are. We record a lot. Yeah. Where I say certain things, but kind of like, you know, I'm gonna refer I'm gonna make a reference to Rome, even though this is not the Rome podcast, which is all roads lead to John Dutton for me. Yes. In terms of this is the guy who the show is advertised on, and I do think he's the best 
actor on the show. And so I think the storylines are most compelling for me when they intertwine back into John and, and John being this like father figure of the family who is again, this very complex man. So yeah, I think he says to her, like she forfeited the right to talk about, to mention um, her mother ever, ever again is something he says to her. Um, like this is, I do like this. I like this part of Beth, this idea that there's something that John sees in her. He is such a complicated man. She is a very complicated woman and his daughter. And the fact that he sees the like seemingly the most potential in her over anybody else to me is intriguing. I, I like where that slots Jamie in, who is this very, you know, he's, we've seen him in cowboy attire, but he's often, you know, slicked back hair and he's in the suits. Mm -hmm. He seems like, you know, in a, in a show that has Casey in a way, he would seem like he should be the biggest outsider and he's not really, but also it's like, you know, this dynamic of like, he's like, oh, I figured it all out. And yet my dad doesn't respect me. You know, he like, yep. he, he's looking to Beth. I think that's interesting as well. So I, again, I do think that um, there's interesting stuff here. It just is more interesting when it's like, you know, talked about the, you know, all the ingredients, but the, the, you know, the outcome, whatever you baked isn't very good. I do think like to keep on the food metaphor, like it's most interesting when you put all the stuff in one bowl and it's like, it's, it's like the central mm -hmm. story of the, of this ranch family and how they all interact. That's where I get the most intrigued by the show. I feel you. Yeah. I want a nice, like cheesy Dutton casserole where they're yeah. all like melting yeah. in over each other. I think that's where it works best. Um, you know, the thing for me is again, this, just this element of like where, where John needs obedience from these kids. He needs them to like follow his orders. He needs them to like believe in what he's saying and kind of like do what he wants them to do, go where he wants them to go. But yet seemingly he's got like the most respect for Beth kind of, who is like the least pliable of all of them in a certain way, right? Of, of like the three remaining children. So I just think it's a dynamic for us to like keep our eyes on as we go. I do really love like Kelly Riley with Costner. I think she's a great scene partner for him and can like hold her own in a way that's kind of interesting but mm -hmm. Uh, to the other side of all of this, not quite political, but rather commercial, as we're dealing with like the Dan Jenkins, Thomas Rainwater potential alliance that's happening here, right? Jenkins is like bringing in this headhunter from like California to help him orient his strategy of how he's going to be able to like manage to maneuver around Dutton. But Rainwater's like got his own agenda, which like seems to be that he wants to buy all the property, Grace. Like, how's this half of like the moving and the shaking beyond the Duttons working? Yeah, so I talked about how in in episode one, this like basically episode that's like a feature length film, I thought it was really interesting how you have all like the the Dutton family is you know um, all of these cast of characters, but then you have these external forces like pressing in against specifically John. And I do like that we've we took a little bit of a break from you know they're, they're not like they're not in these episodes, but slowly you know, reassembling, uh, you know, the world's worst Avengers team uh, gathering together uh, to to event to try to take down John Dutton. And what I assume is like the ramp for potentially uh, a season finale. So I I I like that. I mean, I you know, I love Gil Birmingham um, and uh, and Laird, who's not Laird, uh, Danny Houston. Yeah, they really are very fun. Like yeah. both these guys are awesome actors that you're always I'm always delighted to see pop up in a show. So to have both of them together is kind of fun, you know? Yeah. So I I do get this idea that that um 
Thomas is going to he's going to buy the land even though the river has been diverted. This like advisor is trying to be like, hey, there they'll be worthless. Like there's no point because there's going to be like no the river what was going to power the source and now you don't have access to the river because the Duns diverted it. Thomas wants to buy it anyway, and then he's going to offer and then this idea that like they need the way to like cut down john dunn is to get somebody in the livestock commissioner's uh, uh position and so they can do that and also at the same time thomas is going to he's going to loan uh he's going to give a power source uh right for the he's going to give a power source to dan and his subdivision is what he's yeah that's offering. the idea right that like he's going to utilize like his connections as like the head of this native american tribe to be able to like get access to funding and like loan money that would otherwise be like really hard to get their hands on right and it's the idea that it's like not going to be a subdivision it's actually going to be a casino like they're going to build a casino instead is this when i'm or there also will be a subdivision there uh, well, i think frankly no, I think you kind of are, but uh, we also like didn't get deep, deep into it yet, right? Like Rainwater okay. isn't revealing his whole maneuver yet, I don't think, right? Got it, got it. Yeah, I, I found them really like interesting, right? I think that this is like building to a fascinating place. I have to like mm -hmm. check myself to like really keep the commentary to within the episodes as we're getting them, which is why like I'm a little hesitant. I'm like, wait, what? Like well, what it did is exactly get said it, here, right? Yeah. This is exact like this is the level of like to me this stuff is more interesting to me than like generically um jamie and beth trying to run for power because like run for office because i can understand i'm understanding the motivation more than like to gain more power which is like what it's like and to protect the family interest i don't understand exactly how them doing it like specifically i want them to get into the details and maybe that's not this show except that here there is like this like this would be very boring if it wasn't for the fact that like they're trying to take down this man who we know they both kind of hate. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's interesting. Even if the minutia seems boring to most people, I'm like, no, no, tell me how building a casino and buying the land that like where the river got diverted. Like, yes, fun. How are we going to, yeah. Like what is, what an interesting way to try to take down John Dutton. You know, this is like um, how Al Capone was taken down on tax fraud. You know? yep. Like, yep. Okay. Fun, 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 you know, uh, for me. So I do like the like assembling of the, the, super villain team to a degree me too i think the devil's in the details right and i i love this kind of like small the small maneuvers right the things that like a john dutton isn't necessarily going to be able to like keep his eyes on like uh part of the issue with somebody that accumulates this much power is like the perpetual effort that it takes to be able to hold on to this much power grace right like it's yeah. a lot of work and there's all kinds of like chinks in the armor i also really love thomas rainwater walking into that office and dan jenkins being like aren't you going to introduce yourself to me? And he's like, yeah, what for? Like, you're not huh. the one calling the shots. Like I, the interplay between the two of them, these guys with like these gigantic egos going up against a guy with an even bigger ego than both of them put together is very, very fun. Uh, I didn't talk about it because it's such like a small footnote of the episode in our little recap, Grace, but Sarah Nguyen, uh, we have these two ladies on their vacation on the river. She's reading the newspaper. They're going to mm -hmm. come boating by while John Dutton is out fly fishing. Like, I don't know. Did this work for you at all? Uh, <laughs> I, what's going I, on there? I don't, I don't know what's happening at all. It felt very tense, but then I don't know what this is supposed to represent. So, uh, sure. 
Yeah, but, that's kind of why I didn't mention it because there's like no real context here. We kind of don't know what's going on. It felt very weird to me. Like I've watched the show now. I think this is my third rewatch. I've watched Yellowstone a bunch of times, you guys. And like going back through it, this is the first time where it really struck me where I'm like, I think this doesn't belong in this episode. <laughs> like it just, it's just like so kind of inserted. Um, and it will go somewhere. We'll like see where it's going later on. But I just wanted to check in with you and see like how you receive this at all. No, it's very, as someone who watches a lot of TV, I'm very glad that you raised it. And then when I said like, yeah, I don't understand it, that you weren't like, you fool, you were supposed to know that she's like, you know, the, the no. third, you know, you know, whatever, that there's no reason because I feel like I watch a lot of TV and when I get confused, I'm like, hmm. I often say this, that I, I need TV. Sometimes I need TV shows to think most of the time. I'm like, you should actually presume that I'm dumber than I actually am. You know, just presume yes. if I'm watching TV, just presume like, I don't get, you know, in real life, nobody's like walking around all the time when they enter a door and they'll be like, hello, Rich. You know, it's like, yeah, yes. like, hey, what's up? You know, but like, I need, I need the TV audience to know that your name is Rich. You're going to say, hey, Rich. You'd be like, hey, Grace, what's up? You know, that's how yeah. it works on TV. That's like, you know, so I, yeah, I didn't understand this at all. And then I feel like, am I missing something? And I'm sure, you know, as I watch the next episode, I'm sure it will all be clarified, but no, it's kind of, yeah, it's very strange. It's very jarring. Yeah. yeah. I I too watch a lot of TV and I always, when I come to these moments that I have like a head scratcher, I have to say to myself, like, do I watch too much TV? Mm -hmm. Is that the problem that like, I've got too much rattling around in there and that's why I can't just like see this moment for whatever it is or whatever it's intended to be. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I do think this is a little bit jarring, right? I think they're trying to like create some interest of like, it's a setup for a thing so that later we could be like, oh yeah, we remember them. But I, I do think it was deployed inelegantly here and it's a bit ineffective it just feels like jarring and i think it's supposed to be jarring as they come by on the boat and john that guy says to john like man she really had something for you it's like, yep i guess that was a really intense stare it's like your boat floated sideways down the river also that's a great fishing decorum from john mm -hmm. Dutton, i just gotta say it. this is like highly polite to take your lines up out of the water for mm. the boaters that are coming by uh mm. really thoughtful thoughtful i don't fish so yeah the best i know is that at our cottage uh that we have my niece was up for the first time um uh spending a, a couple days there and we were walking down to the marina to buy candy as we want us to do and yeah. i said make sure you wave you have to wait it's cottage country rules that you wave to everybody as they drive by and she was so shy she wouldn't do it until eventually she did she learned the cottage rules which is you wave every time hello oh yeah I thought that story was going in a very different direction where you bought her Swedish fish. And then we talked about how I actually endemic population in Canada. Or yeah. Something. I don't think they had, I don't think, I mean, we, they, we do have Swedish fish, but I don't think we bought, I don't really like Swedish fish, but I'm a kind of huge fan of Swedish fish, a guilty pleasure. Dare I admit it. I am a huge fisherman. Uh, I like got my first hat when I was 10 years old of like, you know, women love me, fish fear me. Uh, and then I grew out of that pretty quick, but I do love my fishing. <laughs> I'm not like an excellent, Excellent fly fisher. So I'm always like taking watching dudes fly fishing in rivers. Mm -hmm. A river runs through it. Another great 90s film with Brad Pitt in it where he doesn't fight any bears. Um, yeah, I don't know about that whole scene. I will see. We'll talk more about Sarah later. Like, I definitely had to like do a little bit of backwards Googling to be like, did they even, do we even get those people's names? Do we know anything about them at all? Um, let's circle back. Let's talk about Monica a little bit. It's mm -hmm. like, I know we, we discussed like her and John and their kind of conversation. 
in the beginning. So yep. like this was another beat of like Monica's going to go to school. The kids are fighting. She's trying to like break up the fight. She gets punched in the head. Things feel bad for Monica by the end of this, Grace. Like, how do we feel about like Monica under attack? This felt very soap opera to me. This felt way more soap opera than <clears throat> even the fight at the beginning, which is well, like that's because that's like cowboy soap opera. We don't consider them soap operas, we just call them westerns. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. West. Yes, that's right. This one is like it doesn't really have anything to do with anything nope. else, like nope. nothing. Um, we're gonna get this whole beat with the drone where the drone is spying on the bones i forget where we left with this that like they are dinosaur bones or is it the idea that they're not dinosaur but they are dinosaur bones they're dinosaur they? bones i think you can't maybe you can't say more yeah but there's this drone and then they throw the rock at it and they shoot it and then he chases the car and the car drives off like yeah that's like this is better than this than the woman in the boat scene at least it's like okay i can see where like you're setting something up for a future episode but then casey comes back and as he comes out Monica falls over and passes out. Yeah, it's just uh, you know I I don't want anything bad to happen to Monica. I don't like no. I don't like that this happened. That, that scene of like Tate finding his mom and she's like bleeding on the ground. I thought was like pretty intense and sad. So I don't know. This worked for me more than some things this episode. So it's it's got that going for it. But yeah, it feels very soap opera of like how do we inject drama into this 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 thing? It's like yeah, she gets punched. She does get punched pretty hard by that kid. <laughs> I know it's really brutal. Uh -huh. I know that I've been like not uh, uh, super affectionate towards Tate, but I do feel bad for him here. I don't want any kid to have to like find their mom in that yeah. kind of state. I just uh, yeah. I think the kid's an idiot. He shouldn't have fallen into that river. That's not yeah. my problem. Um, yeah. But th this is like if we're keeping track of just Casey and Monica's like situation since episode episode one casey killed monica's brother then was like almost arrested for it then he murdered a bunch of like meth dealers then there was like a child abduction that mm -hmm. he's gotten drawn mm -hmm. into now mm -hmm. he's getting like run down by bears out of the farm and he brawling. does get arrested he does and then he gets yeah. out of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's an arrest there's like a near arrest we have to kill an uh, actual coroner right lest mm -hmm. we forget i mean that's like peripheral it's not directly involving casey but it's part of like the casey and monica soap opera plights it's episode one rip's gonna to blow up the whole like uh you know medicine medicine officer there oh i guess that was for the brother that's my bad. okay but hold on. but the uh rip does leave uh a medical file like an autopsy report but i believe it is for monica's brother not for uh what is the oldest uh dutton's name uh, i never remember Grace. luke Once or something whatever two, i stopped paying attention to his name he doesn't matter he's the dead Dutton, you Jim, know J J jimmy john dutton i think because <laughs> the autopsy report was the fact that when he got shot he would be paralyzed therefore he could have never shot monica's yes. brother yes so but having him rip dropping off monica's brother's autopsy report i, d I don't believe we've been shown any bit of evidence to know why that is somewhat of a smoking gun other than like hey i know you did this but i feel like everybody basically knows he did like even i feel like gil basically like those yeah, i don't know you know yeah, i don't know kind of everybody knows gil, i just think Thomas. like specifically it's really fun to track the absolute insane things that continue to happen to Casey and Monica <laughs> as we go forward. Like this is a thing, you know, yeah. and, and like the idea of like literally just taking the kid to school ends up with like her in the hospital. She's fainting at the house. There's like drone spying. I do really appreciate that. We saw the tractors still laying there sideways behind the trailer. Like things have been so frantic as I 
would try to describe there quite yeah. poorly, but nonetheless, that they haven't even had time to put the tractor back on four wheels. It's just like nonstop drama for Casey and the fam, Grace. That's yeah. the deal. Yeah. They're my favorite. I love it. It's more entertaining to me than like Beth and Jamie. So I'll take it. I'll I, take the I, wacky world of Casey and Monica any day. Uh, spinoff series coming soon. I, I mean, they're doing a lot of Boylston does a lot of spinoff series. I know. Don't joke. Don't joke. I, yeah. I want to see Casey and Monica go to Tulsa, Oklahoma and meet Sylvester Stallone's. Give me that Taylor Sheridan. Tell your dad, Grace. Isn't there a um, new one that they're doing the isn't Bass Reeves? Uh, there's a new one coming. I know we got McConaughey coming, right? Uh, Like amidst, we haven't really talked about like the Yellowstone meta text a whole bunch, but they are currently like embroiled. Kevin Costner was like recently in court. There's lawsuits happening. They want to get him back. Costner is going back to his halcyon days of the 90s where he spends a ton of money to make movies like Waterworld and The Postman. Two of my unironic like favorite movies, Grace. (laughs) So he's doing this like gigantic multi-part epic film series that I believe he has like mortgaged his house and like sold an incredible amount of property to finance appropriately, which led to him uh, telling Taylor Sheridan that he won't be returning to like finish the second half of this like final and current season of Yellowstone. So that has led to like some kind of preemptive kind of like termination notices. I think we're like basically done with Yellowstone at this point, but we're going to get a spinoff with McConaughey and I love Matthew McConaughey uh, ever since the days Days and confused so that's kind of some of the yellowstone like meta text as it stands in reality right now what mcconaughey because I, I mean taylor sheridan's like television producing since like 2018 is well they had yellowstone he has the last cowboy which is uh i don't know what the last guy was mayor of kingstown which is the jeremy renner yep, one yep. uh 1883 tulsa king 1923 special ops linus and then lawman bass reeves is coming and then apparently there's a show called Landman. That's coming at some point, too. So this Land guy is just, he's got a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. He's popping off the powers that be in Hollywood. They love themselves at Taylor Sheridan, right? I mean, there's clear, it's clear like Paramount made some like big deals with the guy. Yellowstone became like a major juggernaut in an era where like the network television shows like have died. And, and it's rare to like get the kind of numbers that Yellowstone appeared to have been getting as it was pulling in towards the beginning of season five there. So the whole debacle with Costner like not coming back and then not being able to finish the season, it's a real interesting interesting like kind of wrinkle amidst like a very curious landscape of like television production nowadays grace but i thought it's interesting i'm certainly optimistic for anything with mcconaughey in it i think of that list of things that you just like kicked off i would recommend 1883 Mm -hmm. i do think it's like authentically just a good standalone kind of show and it sets up yellowstone really well like if you want like the yellowstone like prehistory of like the the founding of this ranch it's a pretty awesome story um and i dug it 1923 was fun but it just did not like reach the heights of 1883 um this this lawman bass reeves i think we're looking to maybe there might be some coverage here on post show recaps where it looks it looks interesting it's based off uh bass reeves who was uh the first black deputy uh u.s marshal west of the mississippi river uh a former enslaved uh a man who who becomes uh, a u.s marshal um looks pretty interesting got dennis quaid in there uh david alway he uh yeah is gonna be the lead of the show it looks kind of fun it's set in the 
Yellowstone universe, apparently. So I've yeah. heard Tarantino talk a lot about Bass Reeves uh, in relation to Django specifically. And Bass yeah. Reeves was like a really notable and prominent icon that got referenced on Damon Lindelof's Watchmen which was right. really interesting. I mean, Lindelof did some really dynamic stuff with that show. And um, that was like really where Bass Reeves like came to my attention for the first time. So I'd be curious. I'll check it out. Uh, that's yeah. the thing, you know, I don't love everything that Taylor Sheridan makes equally, but like sometimes the guy does really great stuff. Like he really, uh, he can like evoke some awesome characters in these dramas that he creates. Um, hmm. But that's pretty much episode six of Yellowstone, Grace. Is there anything mm -hmm. that like we didn't go over that you want to? No, I should just say uh, you're listening to this as it comes out a little bit later in the week. I think that uh, Paramount, uh, sorry, not Paramount, CBS is playing a little bit funky with their TV schedule. We'll do our best to make sure that moving forward, we like got everything in line. Um, our next episode, we're going to recap both seven and eight because those both are dropping on uh, Sunday, October 15th. So we'll have a recap of both those episodes in the same podcast. Um, and then it looks like the finale will drop the week after. And it doesn't look like there's any information about how they're doing season two. So, yeah, we'll do our best to let you know at the end of each episode if, like, next week's a double episode, because it looks like they're going to maybe try to do that to potentially expedite, you know, trying to get five seasons of TV on Sunday nights. Um, so uh, we'll let you know at the end of each episode what it looks like we're going to be covering the week after, and we'll do our best to make sure we're in line with what airs on CBS on Sunday nights. Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, Grace, we will be back next week, like you yeah. said, talking about both episodes that are going to be dropping on the 15th. But until then, what are you up to? Where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm doing a lot right now. Jess and I have launched a new show called Full Spoiler Recaps. By the time uh, you're listening to this, we've released an episode on The Continental from the world of John Wick. Next week, we'll be doing The Fall of the House of Usher, the new Mike Flanagan Netflix show. Movies each week with Ariel. Aaron and I are also talking about The Morning Show. Um, we're also talking you and I, uh, uh, rich with Ariel about tales from the loop and you and I are doing Rome. Our flag means death drop. So I got a lot going on here in post your recaps. I'm on Twitter at high from grace or echo for grace. Cool. I'm at DM Philly out there on the socials. You could hit me up there. Twitch.tv slash DM Philly on YouTube of the same name for all the TTRPG stuff. Ahsoka uh, is wrapped. The Wheel of Time Season 2 is wrapped. I got a little bit of a tail on that comment. We're doing a couple of wrap-up shows after Season 2 Book Club podcast coming out. All the aforementioned stuff with Grace. I'm talking about the Winter King on the weekends with Prez. So, uh, uh, and Dimension 20 coverage of the new show over there, Burroughs End, with myself and the great Dr. Melissa Woodward. That was very, very fun you should go check it out if you dig any of the role-playing game nonsense we will be back next week but until then grace keep your eye out for those bears there's a lot in canada